Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Here this morning, I want to bring four benefits, four benefits that I believe that we will get by moving forward with God in this next season. Not without him, but with him in everything he wants to do. Four things. The first one is this. We go with God's guidance. We go with God's guidance. Now some of us today, we, we want God's guidance in our lives, but sometimes we're not, we don't want to obey him. We want God's guidance, but we don't really want to obey him. And do you know what? It, for, for guidance... You need obedience. To be guided by God, we need to be obedient to him. Whatever that means, whenever it seems that this is not right, or I'm not sure this is a struggle, obey him. And you will see him guide you. You see, these people, they welcome God's guidance. And what happens is this. In Joshua 3 verse 10, it says, Today, Joshua said, today you will know that the living God is among you. In other words, you know, forget horoscopes and all these trying to find out where people are going to guide you through life. When you've got God with you, this is what Joshua says, today, today you will know God's going to be with you. You're going to see this. You're going to see this. Listen to me. Let me tell you today that today we're going to see this mark, this changeover, this crossover, that God is with us. And what we're going to see is going to be miraculous. But you need to be part of this as well. They welcome God's guidance. I believe that what was happening when this river uh, parts and this creation of dry land is a supernatural demonstration, but it's also a geographic confirmation. Do you get that? It's a supernatural demonstration of God's power, but it's also a geographic confirmation that they're at the right place. Do you know there are lots of places up that river they could have gone to? Why there? And let me tell you, this church right now, there is a geographic confirmation from God. The stamp of approval that says, look, I'm doing good things for you at this season. This is geographically where I want you because I am ready to influence Cambridge. I don't know if you've seen this, but when you drove in, you probably missed it because you're trying to dodge all the cones out there. But when you come into this church at the moment, I don't know if you've noticed that the whole of the front of the road, when it gets to our section of the church, is all block paved. All of the stonework that's been put in has been imported from Portugal. It's granite stone. It's expensive stone. We requested that they do something out here, but if you look, the actual width of the church goes right out now. It's going to do soon. It's going to go right out into the road with two trees planted there to bring, to bring attention. We haven't paid for a penny. God's already started the outer court project before us. I was stood outside there. Amen. Many, many of you know that we're, we, we want to create an out, uh, the Outer Court project, and we're going to be doing this into 2017. We're going to redo the whole front. We're going to make this even look nicer with a new wall, new gate, make this look attractive so that people want to come. But listen, we thought of this idea. We wanted to do this. Then we realized the council were getting involved. We've let them do their bit first, and they've already done 50% of the work. They've extended the boundaries of our church. We're just going to merge in with that now and make it look like it's all ours. 
We've even, we've even asked some of the suppliers to get the same, if we, if we can find the same block paving so it looks like ours. You know, we're going to be doing this. We're going to be moving forward in 2017 with this. But listen to me. Geographically, God is blessing this place. The floor that we're on, everything that we're in here, the, the, this is preparation for double services. God has blessed us inside here. Now he's doing it outside. And so geographically, there's a stamp of approval from God that says, I'm with you. I'm guiding you. Just listen to me. I'm with you. But also the supernatural confirmation, because whilst we're doing all those things, geographically, he is supernaturally demonstrating his power. So there's two things going on. And I want you to see this, because it's so special at this season. You know, this river, though, was the miracle location. This was where it was all happening. Boy, oh boy, this water was going to dry up and move so they can move across. But listen, the miracle location is not the destination. The miracle location of the river drying up is not our destination. Our destination, we've got a Jericho to fight for. We've got places to fight for. And there are places to move forward for. You see, I don't know if you saw this, but it says... Joshua said, today you will know, and then he goes on to say this, God will surely drive out the Canaanites, I've got to say it again, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites, what does he say? Ahead of you. So he says, today you will know, so there you go, today is sorted. Then he says, ahead of you. In other words, I'm sorting things out in Jericho before you even get there. So listen to me, don't worry about getting to Jericho and then thinking this is a major issue. No, he says, I'm working at the river at the location, but don't get too confused on the river thinking this is all about what it's about because there is so much more to fight for and I'm already there. You've just got to come and find me. I'm on the front line. Don't hang around by the river looking at the dry soil and how it all worked. Get out of there and move forward. Because there's always more, always more to come. Think Jericho. Think that they had to move forward. Joshua chapter 6, you read that story. And the great success of the walls coming down. Look, nothing is impossible for us. And there's things, the, there's fights in the, in the principalities and the powers of the air of this city that we're going to fight. And we're going to see what God is going to do. Do you know what I want to see more than any healing miracles? I want to see people coming in here convicted of their sin, giving their lives to Jesus, being saved. The whole point, we've said it many times, the whole point of the miracles and demonstrations are great, but truthfully, the place where we need to get to is when people are coming in saying, I want to give my life to Jesus because I've done these things wrong in my life. Holiness. See, God is working in this church's tomorrows and today's. And listen, there's some of you today that you've got some Jerichos to face. Some of you know already that you have been in a season maybe of good stuff. God's been blessing you. Then all of a sudden, right now you're thinking, I- I'm enjoying this. But you know that down the line, a little bit further, you've got a Jericho to face. But remember that God is ahead of you. He is in Jericho. Don't worry about Jericho. Just get there. Go for it. Keep your eyes fixed on the prize and go for it. You know, just the other week we updated our software and our phones 
and, and the, the Apple iPhones update this software and they, they start now to tell you on calendar appointments. I put all my things in my calendar so that I know what I'm doing. And now he started to tell me more details saying, you've got an appointment at this place. The traffic's bad. You need to set off now. You need to do this. And it's, the calendar seems to know more about my life than I do. It's interesting. I mean, Apple are great. And I'm sure Android are nearly there, if you know what that means. But listen, Apple are great. But li- and, and the calendar's fantastic. But they seem to know more about me. You know, I'm worried when I put things in Google, then they start advertising to to me. I feel as though they're watching me all of the time. Be careful what you do. It's true. And so, listen, this is what God's like. He is the best advanced thing you could ever find. Because he's saying today, I am ahead of you. And when I say to you, you need to get to a place, you need to move now. Even if you don't think it's, it's, it's viable or you can do it, you need to go. Because I am looking in Jericho while you're at the river. So you need to be look, listening to me and not, not saying all the time, I'm just going to pray about this. Listen, some of us are, are good at praying about problems, but we're not good about listening and obeying immediately. We want some kind of long-term confirmation. You know, when we're moving with God, you've got to be quick sometimes. You've got to move quick, and sometimes it doesn't feel right. You know, many people say this, you know, I'm going to move forward when there's a peace about it. I've got a peace about it. Listen to me. Do you think that when they crossed the river, when they were heading for Jericho, that they had a peace? Do you really think that in their hearts there, there was a real peace? No, there was a worry and a fear, but also there was a, there was a trust in God. You see, obedience, when you obey God, it means sometimes you're a bit scared. It doesn't mean I've got it all together. I'm going to wait until he shows me what Jericho's like. I'm going to see a video of the whole walls falling. No, he says, trust me. So actually, I want to encourage you. Don't always look for the peace. There is certain times when God will give peace. But sometimes when you obey him, there's going to be a fear inside. And he wants us to, to ride over that fear. However high those Jericho walls are for you in your life, they can fall. However high they may seem right now, they will fall. They can and they will. Our God, remember, is omnipresent. He's better than the iPhone. He is omnipresent. He is at the river and at Jericho. We serve an omnipresent God working for us and with us at the same time. See, Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, Moses said this to Joshua. He says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. I want to say this, that today's victories should always give us hope for tomorrow's destinies. Today's victories should always give us hope for tomorrow's destinies. Some of us need to focus not on the problem of tomorrow, but say, look, I'm celebrating in my victory today of what God is doing right now, the today, the today, because the victory today will give me hope for the destiny tomorrow. Hallelujah. Guidance. God wants to guide us in this next season, and he will be with us giving us that if we obey him. Number two, another benefit is this, that we go with God's presence. We go and we move forward, not just with his guidance, but with his presence. I said it earlier on that I actually believe that 
as a church, the one thing that we need to get very right in this next season is that we are all about his presence. That we move forward. We give time for God to move. This is a season where we want to see, actually, an increase in his presence. An increase in him is the awareness of him. Tangible presence when you come to this place. And I want that. I want a revival atmosphere in this place. There's going to be times when you're thinking, well, I've seen something happen. I'm not so sure about this. Listen to me. If you were there at Pentecost and everyone was speaking in tongues and it says that people said, are these people drunk as you suppose? Do you think that there were people in that room saying, what is going on? This is crazy. People are drunk. They look like they've had too much wine. If they were saying that, then get ready for some unusual manifestations sometimes of God's spirit. Some people say, oh, I'm not so sure we need to know everything. No, if the people then didn't understand it, then you want today. And God's quite creative. He does things quite different sometimes. He doesn't stay the same. He's a God of creation. So there's going to be times when you think, this is a bit strange. I'm not so used to this. But listen to me. I'm not going to go for church that is just all about presentation. We need the real stuff. We need to know that when you walk in this place, God is here. He's speaking into the life of his people. It's not about a presentation. It's about his presence. It's about his presence. You see this? It says Joshua 3, verse 13. It says, The priests will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of the water will be cut off upstream, and the river will stand up like a wall. You see, the ark was the place of God's presence. If you're saying, well, I'm not so sure, I I don't understand what that means. The Old Testament, we see that the ark of God, this place was the place of his presence. Today, we don't have to worry about the ark because there is a new covenant. And the Holy Spirit is here because he's been purchased by Jesus Christ dying on the cross. Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit for you. We have his Holy Spirit here. But right then and there, the priests in this story, we see they carry God's presence. They see the importance of the destination needs to make sure, they need to make sure that the presence of God goes with them. And do you know, sometimes some people can have amazing visions, can move forward, you'll see great successes, but actually they never carry the God's presence at all. And what happens is they burn out. So eventually it burns out and then you're left with nothing. But we want to make sure that actually the priority is we take God with us. In fact, God is leading us. He's omnipresent, remember. But we, we are desirers and lovers of his presence. That might need to be in your own lives. Some of us need to not just wait for Sunday to, to get this, but actually some time with Jesus alone. Let's start getting serious with God. We're in this month at the moment of this October season of saying we're having a dedication time of prayer and fasting. I would encourage you, even after today, say, do you know what, God? I want to be a people of your presence. And I want to get into your presence. Remember what the Bible says, if we get into that secret place, he hears us, he's there. And I want to encourage you today, more of us need to do this, every one of us. You see, the the priests here, they, they carry God's presence. Okay, And you're probably saying, well, that's fine, but they're priests. They're priests. I'm just little old me, and I'm not so, so sure God wants to allow me to move in his presence. 
Listen to me today. Every single vessel in this room is capable of being carriers of the Holy Spirit. The enemy will tell you, no, it's for the priests, even in the New Testament. The enemy will try to tell you it's for the special people. But it's not, because in the new covenant, we are all priests. So right now, today, you are eligible in the small print, yes, eligible to carry God's presence. No matter what you've done, no matter what sins are hindering you this morning, no matter what it is in your heart that you feel that you can't do for God because you're not eligible, Jesus says today that you have been bought with a price. So this his spirit can reside inside of you and you can also minister in his presence. In 1 Peter 2, 4 to 6, it says, we are a holy priesthood. In other words, you're priests. You're special. There's no separate people. There's no special men going to carry his presence across the river. No, this is for you. So know it in your heart this morning. Get it into your heart this morning, whoever you are. There is no separation. Whoever you are, you are eligible to be ministers of his presence. Hallelujah. We need to recognize this morning that we carry God's presence. You see, I want you to see this. And I just felt the Holy Spirit show me this as I was reading and preparing. But we see in verse 13, it then says this. Because Joshua instructed them and it says this. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream. And the river will stand up like a wall. Now that is a miracle. We're not talking about some little trickle drying up and a few stepping stones to just say, come on guys, let's hop across quick. No, no, no. Remember that this river was bursting at its banks. We're now at the full height flood level. It's the worst time you could cross a river. A river that is surging down towards the Dead Sea. In the version that we've read from the, Nash, uh, the New Living Translation this morning, it doesn't mention, but you look at it for yourself, it talks about that the river, this, the point where it stops upstream like a wall, is in a place called Adam. It's in a place called Adam, further up. I think it's about 18 miles further up that river. It says it's cut off upstream. So in effect, can you just imagine this just for a moment? Stay with me. This river, all of a sudden, is cut off 18 miles upstream. Its flow is cut off. It's like someone has just put a wall and stopped it. And it's going to stop flowing towards the Dead Sea. What's going to happen is it's going to create a vacuum, a space of dry land for them to, to walk over. Now listen. First of all, I want to say is that when the priest step into the water, what is it that makes the water stop? It's their feet. It's not, Joshua did not say, go and stick the Ark of the Covenant, this, this, this presence into the water and then you'll see it all happen. Do you know what God was doing already? He was preparing us ready and showing us that he wants to use us as vessels to flow through because they carried the presence on their shoulders. And as they get to the water, he didn't say, now put it down into the water and watch what happens when God does this. No, he says, put your feet in and you watch. The presence of God is going to flow through you. 
It's going to flow through you right from your shoulders through down through your feet and you will see the river will stop. It was a sign of the new covenant. It was a sign to say this, that what is going to happen in the future is that God will work through you. He loves to work with people with his presence, not on his own. So today I want to encourage you, when God asks you to go and do something, do not believe the lie of Satan that you don't carry something because you do. Yesterday I was out and we were, we, we'd had a family day out and normally, if you know me, family days out, I try to sometimes stop any ministerial activity. And we went out for a walk up near Wimpole Hall and we were out right up at the top and we were having some sandwiches together, lunch together. It was quiet, few people walking. Then all of a sudden I see a gentleman and this gentleman stood at the top with, his, with his, uh, what seemed to be his wife and child. And so I'm eating my sandwich and a cup of tea out of the flask trying to enjoy a bit of free time. And as I'm sat there, looking at the scene, this man, I could see him limping. Now the first thing now in me is this, what do I do? Should I go and pray for him or it's family time? You know, I don't want to get into trouble and I want to make sure I give family some time, but that guy looks like he's struggling. I thought he may be just like that and he may have just got a problem and they, they know about it. But then I heard them trying to ring on a phone and then the, the, the lady said, we're going to go and we'll, are you going to be okay? So they walked away and left him. This is right in the middle of this field, right near the folly at the top. So I'm stood there and I'm watching this. I've got my cup of tea. And then he starts to walk away and he walks in a completely different direction to them and they walk away. And I thought, something's not right. I saw him on his mobile phone. So I thought, I'm going to go. So I walk up and I'm walking down with a, for some reason, Emma had given me this nice little pink cup that I was drinking tea. So I'm chasing this guy down through the field with a pink cup and a cheese sandwich to shout him. And I say, excuse me. Have you ever known that when you shout excuse me and no one turns around? Excuse me. And then he turns around. He says, yeah. I said, are you okay? He says, I'm not. I said, what's the problem? He says, I've just been up here and I've had an accident. I've done something to my calf. And he says, it's either my calf or my tendon. He says, something's happened. I can barely, I can barely put pressure on my foot. My wife and child have gone that way to get the car, and this is the quickest way back to the road, and they're going to pick me up on the way back. I said, okay. Well, straight away, I just went into it. I said, listen, I'm a minister. I said, I'd love to pray for people. I said, can I pray for you now? He looked at me like I was crazy, especially with a pink cup in my hand. I had to really reassure him. I had no cards on me, nothing. I said, I am who I say I am. And he just looked at me, and, and he was a bit hesitant, and then I just said, look, I'd love to just pray for you. He said, yes, yeah. so and now I'm knelt down on the grass, and I put my hand on the back of his calf, and I pray for his calf. Now, many of you know this, that I've seen lots of people get healed, but this guy didn't immediately get healed. Nothing happened. Nothing seemingly happened. I was so discouraged. I prayed again, and he's, but then he said to me, he says, he feels like it's relieved. He feels different, but it never fully went. And I said, well, listen, I thought, I'm not going to push it. I said, well, God bless you as you go. I'm going to keep. And as he walked away, I carried on praying as he walked down the, the hill. And he went. But he never was fully healed. Now, the thing is this. As I went away, and I teach this a lot, I've seen lots of healings. But some of us sometimes need to remember that when we put our hands on someone or we pray for someone, that actually sometimes it happens afterwards. And actually, the moment that you say, God, you're not doing anything, we're robbing God of the opportunity in our faith. 
So I just said, God, I don't know what's happening, but I just pray that one day you will remember what has just happened. I don't know why it didn't happen instantly, because I've seen instant things. Why? I don't know. Only you know, but I'm obedient to you. I didn't see all the results immediately when I operated and allowed God's presence to flow through me when I've seen it before. And why do I tell you that? It's because when you look at this story, and you may not have seen this, but the moment that they put their feet, the priests, into this water, they step in carrying the ark, and their feet touches the water. What did it say? It says that at the moment that happens, you'll see the miracle. That's not necessarily fully true. Because if you think about this, the water was not cut off like a wall in front of them. It was cut off 18 miles upstream, which means to get to the point when they first put their foot in the water, they probably didn't see much immediately straight away. They had to wait. They had to wait as they touched and put their foot in the water. Because as, as soon as the water flow is cut off, what happens? Have you ever seen this when you're on a motorway and you're driving down and all the traffic, you, you've seen a massive traffic jam and then the traffic jam stops. You carry on going and you see people cruising down at the other side and you're thinking, all you're thinking is they've got no idea what's coming. I wish I could just wave and put a sign out of the car door sometimes and say, do you realize two miles down the road you're going to be stuck? But you can't and they're just there happy driving down and you realize you've seen you see what's coming. You feel so good sometimes. I know what's happening down the road. You don't. Some of us are like this. We have done things for God and we have not seen it immediately. So we pull our foot back out of the water and we give up. We say, I, I haven't seen it instant. And do you know what was happening? God um, in his omnipresence was working up at Adam, the place called Adam which is 18 miles up the river. He was about to cut off the water, but you just pulled your foot out. Because you said nothing happens immediately. When he wants to cut off the water flow, let it slowly happen so that he knows how it will work. So that at a point of time, you'll see the miracle come to pass. I believe that they put the foot in the water and then they said, what happens next? Let's just wait. We know God's done this before. Hang on. And then it happened. Slowly but surely, the, last, the, 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 the level of the water began to drop. As the flow began to drop, no more water flowed till eventually there was dry land and they crossed. I want to encourage you today, don't give up. God wants to use us, people of his presence, to flow through you. But don't give up when you don't see it immediately. I also want you to see this as well. I believe it's just a little nugget, but I believe there's something significant in the fact that the river is stopped in a place called Adam. And the flow of life that goes to the Dead Sea. It's interesting that we see here that what he was showing them is, showing them is I'm going to be your deliverer. But looking back, it started at Adam. And it's been cut off. Something has changed. You're moving into a new season of my covenant. I want you to see that today. We need to be people of his presence. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, Paul says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. That's who you are. You're a jar of clay. That's all you are. To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Do you know this building that we're in now, this location doesn't have power, but you do. 
This building has no power at all. If you're thinking, oh, I love coming to this building. I love it when we come on Sunday. It feels so good. The reason why is because it's full of living stones, people who are alive. It's not the building that's got power. You do. Number three today, another benefit is that we go with God's providence. We go with God's providence. Joshua said to the Israelites in chapter 4, verse 21 to 23, he says this. In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. What's this about? This is about the fact that after they crossed, what happens next? They're instructed by God to get 12 stones from 12 tribes, 12 men, to collect 12 stones and to put them not in the river, to take them right in front of where the ark is, the presence of God, and to take them as a memorial and set them up as a memorial of what God did. So that when children asked in the future, what, what's these stones about? Why, why is this stone memorial here? And people would say, we, we put that there to remember that God is the deliverer. He's the one who did this amazing miracle. You ought to have seen it. It was amazing. These stones were put there for that reason. But listen to me. We're not looking back to Joshua's stones today. You see, the truth is this. Memorials are good. But we're not looking to the past for our future. You tell me, I'd, you, you cannot find these stones today. If you go and look for them, you won't probably see them right now. This memorial was there for the future. But look, there was another stone memorial about to come. There was another memorial stone that was going to replace. You know, God is he's actually... He likes to do things so that we remember, but he likes to change his mind sometimes and do new things and set other things in place. In fact, what he did is he prepared the way ready for the true stone. You see, later on, we see that Jesus himself, Jesus Christ, becomes our memorial stone. He becomes the one that every time in your life things are struggling and you need to look back and see what things he's done in your life. Look at Jesus because he's the stone in your life. He is the rock of your salvation. He is the one you need to look back to. You don't need to fly to Israel to find the stones and say, I remember there was apparently this miracle once. No, Jesus says to you today, just look at me. That's as far back as you now need to go. Come back to your first love. And do you know what? We need to remember the source of our success. The source of our success as a church moving forward is Jesus Christ. He's only him. He's building his church. He is building his church on his foundations. And moving forward, we need to remember that. In Isaiah 28 verse 16, it says, God said this, look, I am placing, this is before Jesus comes, he's now prophesied. He says, look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. Hallelujah. In other words, he says, there is a stone memorial about to come. We're prophesying it. We're saying it's coming. His name is Jesus Christ. 
He is the rock. He is the firm foundation. He is the tested stone. He's not some little stone memorial that's going to get knocked over by the wind and the waves in the future. No, this is Jesus Christ. He is a solid rock which you can firmly build upon. So let me remind you today that yes, we do look back to these past things. But listen to me, the only thing that you've got to look back to is Jesus, what he's done in your life. He is the firm foundation. He is the source of our success in what we're doing. You see, in 1 Peter 2, verse 4 to 7, it says that we are living stones. We're also living stones. Now we're representative of a memorial. Do you know every single one of us is a trophy of grace? We're all trophies of grace. Each one of us as living stones is an example that God has done something special in our lives. But listen, what does 1 Peter say? Verse chapter 2. He says that we're living stones, but we're not the cornerstone. We're living stones, but we are not the cornerstone. And some people, sometimes when they see success and they move in advancement and we move forward, they see success and they think, ah, we're quite good. We're like a cornerstone. If you removed us, then it would all fall apart. Listen to me. There's not one person in this room that if you weren't around, it would fall apart. Even me. Because do you know what? God knows what he's doing. He's building his church. It's not about you. You're not the cornerstone. You're living stones. But he has to be central place. When he's central, all the other stones fall into place. He's our memorial. But he's also our future stone to build upon. Our foundation is God's providence, not just miraculous experiences. And finally, number four, another benefit. And I finish with this. Moving forward, we're going to go with God's influence. We'll go with God's influence. The memorial stones were not just for the past. No. The memorial stones that were there were not just for the past. You see, it says this. Joshua 4, 24. God did this. In other words, he did this miracle. He did this crossing over season for them. He did this. So what? So that all the peoples of the earth, not just those in that story, so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful, not was powerful, is powerful, and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. There's something so important in this. Because the people are saying, you know, what do these stones mean? In the future, tell the people when they see the stones that this is about what God did in the past. But actually, that God was doing this so that all peoples of the earth, for the future as well, not just for that season, need to know that he is powerful, is powerful, and not was powerful then. So in other words, God is saying this, today I'm just as powerful as then. Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, he doesn't change. So what you've seen in these miracles, what you've seen, Jesus says, I'm still the same God. I might not do the things that's exactly the same, but I'm still the same God. And he wants to bring influence to all the peoples of the earth. And all of Cambridge is included. In other words, he's saying, look back to this, this story, but listen. Get this in your head, your people of his presence, 
You're looking to the rock of your salvation, the firm and tested rock. You have something to build upon. But actually, the influence is this, that when people see you as memorials and trophies of grace, you're going to win people. They're going to see that I'm powerful. They're going to see that you have been turned from death to life. You are a walking memorial. You're a walking memorial in this next season. When people see you and you evangelize or you talk to anyone about Jesus, just tell them about where you came from. Tell them, listen, this is who I was, but God did a miracle in me, and now I'm changed. Now I'm this person. I'm alive. We're a walking memorial. Forget the stones in Israel. No disrespect to them, but Jesus wants us to look at ourselves as a walking memorial, a real miracle. So that when people see you, they say, wow, God is really powerful. He changed you. He did that in your life. I wish he could rescue me from my position, my place where I'm distraught, my marriage, my drugs problems, my drink problems. I wish he could do that for me. Well, look, he's done it for me. I'm a walking memorial. You know, I just, I give my life to the rock. I give my life to the one who I love. And this is what happens. I am who I am because of his grace. That's what he wants to do for every one of us. We are walking memorials. Today, Jesus still wants all people to know him. In 1 Timothy 2 verse 3, he says, God our Savior wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Today, God still wants to show his power of influence, but through us. In Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus said to the future church, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's interesting that in Acts, in chapter 1, we see that the, there are 12 apostles that begin and embark upon 12 witnesses that start the foundation of the church, walking memorials. There were 12 stones in the river, 12 stones that were witnesses, memorials of who God was. Today we start in the New Testament with 12 people. Now there are far more witnesses covering the earth. While ever we worship the past, we're never going to influence the future. We are going to be people of his presence and influence. Amen. Let's stand. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.